0: Hello and welcome to Move Line, presented by Spurts. Download the Spurts app today. Use it to track all the winning picks that we're going to give out today, including massive, massive eighty to one winners that my boy Connor Allen puts out there weekly.
1: What's going on, buddy? Not too much, man. It's uh, I'm excited. This is our first week eighteen podcast ever. Um, true. And I mean, that's pretty big. That's that's, this is uh, I mean, this is basically like doing our first show ever, you know, because of the new, you know, the new week. So, you know, it might might be a little rusty here and there kind of get to know each other a little bit, but uh, (laughs) I think it should be a good time. So this week, actually, though, you know, every year there's a team in the last week of the season that has to win against a team that has no motivation, like essentially every year, and every single year, it seems like that team, like one of those teams loses outright. Um and like last year, my Dolphins, I mean, had to win to get in against the Bills. The Bills are talking about resting their starters, like, oh Josh Allen, maybe he'll play a quarter, maybe he'll play like whatever, a half, you know. Goes out, they dropped fifty points in the Dolphins. And like, I mean, most of it was just like I mean, quickly. Like, I mean, they were up like the game was over within the first like few quarters. So my only point is that be careful. Motivation obviously matters, and I think it matters a lot, but Um, just be careful. Don't, don't be parlaying all the money lines just because they have to win.
0: No. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And I think that actually, the reason I think this week feels somewhat different, even though it is a week 18, we've never had the week 18 before is we've kind of been in this maze for the last couple of weeks anyway, with all the COVID stuff where we kind of know less and it's harder to get kind of in the weeds. Like we typically like to do because there's so much unknown. We do have it a little different. And I think we've seen some of that where there's a lot of self-reporting early in the week because guys are intentionally trying to flag themselves on a Monday or a Tuesday so they can get themselves cleared in time to play. Uh, Because we know nowadays, like you called last week with the cold situation, like you're going to have to have like these strange outlier situations for a guy to tell on himself on a Saturday or to have popped up on a COVID list on Tuesday and then come Sunday morning – isn't feeling great, especially if you have a, like a must win situation. Fleek and I touched base on that this morning, when we were talking about the national championship game, Mm -hmm. there is no shot that anyone in Georgia (laughs) or Alabama is taking anything that resembles a real COVID test in the next week or so. It's just not happening. So vaccines aside, politics you know, politics aside, like all of it, you know it is what it is it's it just is where we're at in the nature of you know week 18 in the nfl season and definitely in the college football national championship game so connor and i are going to do our best to tackle what we know going in uh when you add the layer of trying to speculate on motivation and fractional motivation all those things can get really dangerous we'll do our best to kind of just go through the slate from a you know high level standpoint, what we think is going to happen, some of that is baked into the number as much as we can. You know, Green Bay comes to mind where we really don't know. Maybe their backups can beat you know Detroit anyway. So we'll figure it out as we go. So I'll uh, remind that move the line. Uh, even though we are almost done, you should know by now we have two shows a week. We also do a prop drop show. On the weekend, that's been a moving target as well. Uh, hopefully, maybe we'll be back in our Friday normal spot. The last couple of weeks, we've done a Sunday. We did a Saturday, which worked really well last week. Uh, kind of just depends on what the market's willing to give us. We did get some stuff today, which is encouraging. Uh, again, that is a an instance where, you know, the Niners and Rams, we know the motivation in that game. So there is no reason for them to withhold anything. There are lots of other spots where we're really not sure. And we'll figure it out, kind of what, see what the market bears over the next 48 hours or so uh as well as you can find uh, ability to subscribe to our site 444.com slash plans and get you access to everything on our site all of our tools all of the written content uh dfs if you're going to be doing dfs in the playoffs you don't want to check that out massively discounted at this time of the year so definitely check that out all right we strangely have two saturday games connor we haven't had this in the past they typically jam all the games in together and they actually usually do a pretty good job of like grouping the games together mm-hmm. to kind of make sure that everyone's kind of playing on the same level. They did not do that this week and the chiefs kind of got the short end of the stick. We'll start there. Kansas city is on the road in Denver. Denver is laying, or uh you know, getting 10 and a half here at home. 45 points is uh, the total here. Chiefs picked a bad week to end their eight game winning streak. Uh, I thought that was a really impressive Bengals win. I mean, the Bengals, they got their doors knocked off in like the first quarter is 14-zip quick. But for them to jump back in there and, and take care of business, really good spots. Now Kansas City is working their way outside in to get to the number one spots. They are going to have to go all out here. They will not have the benefit of knowing what's happening with Tennessee. They have to go ahead and take care of business. Denver has eliminated themselves here. They have nothing to play for. They're also beat up uh, as well. So any thoughts here on KC Denver?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, the Chiefs need the Titans to lose in order to have a chance at the one seed. So, as you you mentioned, um, like, they're playing first. So, they have to go all out, praying that the Titans are going to lose. And, I mean, this 10-point favorites, I think that – I think I would actually – I think I like them up to, like, probably 14. I think that – I mean, the Broncos come off three straight losses. Morale has to be low. I mean, they're not – they're out of playoffs. You know, like, I I get that. So, like, I think a lot of this motivation, too, something that I've been thinking about is that – obviously all these players are going to play and play hard because, like, they're fighting for themselves, like, their own contracts and their livelihood. But, like, really, like, what is the coach going to do to motivate them, like, as a unit or, like, you know, like, continuity-wise? Like, what does that really look like for them? And I feel like that that's kind of, like, where teams could falter in terms of motivation. Um, So, like, a Chiefs team that, like, needs to win and is going to be going all out, basically, I would assume. Uh, You know, I think that at 10, it's actually a solid look.
0: Yeah, I agree. Because I I do think that you make a good point. So motivation conceptually is really hard because these are professional athletes. They're putting on, you know, tape, whether you're, if you're like a, a second stringer on the Broncos that maybe is on a one year deal, like you're trying to build tape to get yourself, you know, parlayed to another deal or to get some playing time next year, whatever that looks like. So dudes are always motivated individually, but the matter is like the coaching staff's trying to maximize that. Uh, you know, are you, is the human side not kicking in? Because I don't know about you, week 18, this is a lot. I'm excited for the, the prospects of February and, uh, mm-hmm. and beyond because it just is a lighter schedule for us. There's no way that these Broncos aren't going, man, it is cold as balls here in Denver. And we didn't make the playoffs. And what am I doing Tuesday? <laughs> I'm flying out somewhere, right? I'm going on vacation. I'm going, you know, I'm going to go with the family. We're going to go to Aruba. I'm going to golf a little bit. Like, (laughs) I think that's there's also the human side of that, too. And in a spot like this, you know, you have to think that that sneaks in a little bit here. So I'm with you. I think that Chiefs anywhere below maybe two scores, considering how well they've been playing of late. Again, you know, winners of eight straights. The Broncos are a little beat up. They got a lot of guys back from COVID this week, like from um, the offensive side. But the secondary's beat up. Like, Pat Sertain's probably not in here. Ronald Darby, those guys are both beat up. Like, that mm-hmm. lightens the secondary, and the Chiefs, I think, probably have their way in a spot. So, also, Chiefs team total, I think, over. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, you know, it's probably at the books anywhere at 28, 28 and a half but I think probably anywhere short of 30. They probably
1: hang a nice number here on the Broncos. Yeah, no, that's a good look, too. I think, like, the over is probably in play. I think Chiefs teaser leg, too. I mean, 10.5, so a six-point teaser puts them in. A- you know, above three, but you know, if you can get a 10 and do a seven point teaser, I mean, yeah. Get them at a three. I think that's a really good look.
0: Yeah. No problem with that. No problem with that at all. I game total makes me nervous just because drew lock has been,
1: yeah. I mean, the Broncos could score like seven points.
0: Yeah. He's been so bad. Um Yeah. So chiefs I'm, uh, I'm comfortable with here. Maybe there's a little parlay, but I don't really know what to make of the second game here on Saturday, Saturday night, Dallas at Philly. Philly is uh plus seven here. 42 and a half is the total. We had the Cowboys in prime position to land the number two spot in the playoffs last week. They could not get their offense going against the Cardinals. And the Eagles, on the other hand, they rallied in the second half. Uh, nice come from behind win, secured themselves a trip to the playoffs. Um, impressive considering the expectations. I know when we did that podcast in the preseason, I don't think we had much expectations on the Philly side considering we didn't really love what we had seen from Nick Sirianni. There were a lot of questions about the ability of, of Jalen Hurts as a passer. Uh, defense had some question marks so pretty cool for them to be in the playoffs and they are unique you know they play a kind of different brand of football than a lot of other teams do Uh, defense has kind of been better than we expected and Hertz has been good enough be interested to see what they do in the offseason but in the meantime they have a playoff spot Uh, but again so does Dallas so how motivated are these two teams here I think it's going to be interesting to see any early leans for you
1: yeah, I mean, Philly – so there's, a, like, rumors from local B reporters that, uh, you know, they're resting – likely, very likely resting their starters, um, at least in some aspect. And then same kind of with Dallas. So, I mean, they could potentially move up to the two or three seed at best um, if other teams lose. But, again, like, you know, really how much does that actually, like, help them? I mean, that's, like – are you got to weigh that. And so I guess, that like, this is it's not really a clear-cut decision here on how that goes. And obviously – that makes a, I mean a world of difference I think to you know how this game is how this game is handicapped because we don't know who's playing who's playing how much and we'll know probably like I mean Friday I would guess uh, maybe yeah. Saturday during the day but I mean again though I would say that this is actually a good opportunity and these types of opportunities are really good to you know bet quickly on things uh, on t- t- taking different sides like today for example we'll talk about this game a little bit more later but you know like. Joe Burrow was announced out in the Browns-Bengals game. That line went from, you know, uh, Bengals minus one and a half to Bengals plus six. So, um, you know, things can move quick. But being able to take advantage of that, I think, is key.
0: And they moved quick here earlier because this opened right around three, three and a half in some spots. And there was some early COVID news on the Eagles side, and that scares the people. But then getting get into a spot where you're looking at motivation, and we really don't know what either team is is thinking here. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean – I still think the Eagles are like a good bad team where they've beat up on other teams that aren't very good, but they've struggled against actual contenders and that's played itself out. They're actually own six on the season against other teams that are set to be in the playoffs. So, oh, wow.
1: um,
0: and Dallas is interesting too. Um, uh, uh, had this over at the athletic Dallas's offense ranks 13th in EPA per play with Dak at quarterback this year. So I just don't think that that actually lines up with, how we perceive Dallas to be. I know that there were some lulls early in the season. And then you look at some of their overall numbers and you kind of try to put it through a lens of, well, they had quarterback issues with Dak out, but just with Dak in, even at times, they aren't really the top shelf offense consistently that I think we think they are. Um, So I'm interested to see, it's really been the defense. that has been both from a success rate and EPA standpoint, kind of carrying them. So uh, Micah Parsons out for this one too. He's on the COVID list again, may or may not matter depending on, Motivations, but uh we will see. uh Interesting that they put that in a Saturday primetime spots. Did uh, that?
1: I, I don't know. I, it's like, weird. Well, I, I mean, I'll watch, but I mean, it'll probably be like on in the background. You know what I mean? While I'm doing something else.
0: Yeah, I mean, really, honestly, you're better off putting Tennessee, Houston, uh, yeah. which is gross, or you know what I mean? Like, there's a like indie Jacksonville, even like. At least that matters to one of the teams, you know. It's because
1: both these markets are big or like, you know, and they have For like, sure. fan bases who are going to watch no matter what probably. So you know, I, guess, I would assume that's probably why.
0: Yeah. All right, next, the uh, Bears on the road in Minnesota. Minnesota is a three-and-a-half point favorite here. 44 and a half is the total. Uh, there are some threes here too out there in the market, so shop around. Uh, this is uh, likely Kirk Cousins back here. He came back today. Um, man, I'm still stinging this meaningless Sean Mannion 32-yard pass late in the Packers game last week where we hit the under on his prop the dude gets benched with like 150 yards comes in in the last drive and sails a meaningless just prayer down the sideline that gets caught and we it was just a painful way to end a, a painful Saturday Sunday for me I'm not holding any Rashad Penny tickets Sean <laughs> Mannion blows up in my face it wasn't good, man. I needed – I morally, I needed this Sean Mannion. I had been waiting for that prop to pop all week. Like, I uh-huh. just felt like that. No matter what it was going to be, I was taking it under and felt good about it. First half, oh, man, this is a lap. I should have gone heavier on it.
1: Uh-huh. Oh, brutal. And then not to mention, too, like, he got, like, 30 yards from the center catching the ball and running, like, 20 – whatever, like, 25, 30 yards on field and, like, looking uh-huh. like, you know, whatever, like Jerome Bettis. Like, literally, he was, like – Just churning out there.
0: Awful, awful, awful. So both these coaches probably lose their jobs here uh, after the game. So be interested to see if that impacts anything. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, the Bears – who knows, man? We thought the Bears were going to fire him last year. so
1: They should have. I mean, they should have. And they still should fire everyone.
0: Justin Fields back for this one. Uh, Any thoughts on Bears, Vikings, Vikings minus three and a half?
1: Mm, No, I mean – I think you covered most of it here. It's just like they're both eliminated. So, you know, we probably see, I mean, but none of them really have like younger guys that they really want to get involved. With. I don't think that they haven't already gotten involved. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, it's just one of those things where I guess that they play like a normal game and I could see Nagy just like doing whatever he wants basically. And, you know, not really caring. And the Vikings still just, you know, doing the Vikings thing. So I don't know, I guess I'd probably stay away from me to be honest. Bears don't have a first round pick. <clears throat> so, you know, no, it's not like they're negatively impacted
0: to uh, to tank here. And I don't even know that they're smart enough to do that. So,
1: no, they probably doesn't care about that.
0: Yep. So, stay away from me, too. Uh, if Kellamon can't get in last week ahead of Sean Mannion off the practice squad, they're not going out of their way to showcase him here in, uh, in week he eight it. All right, next, Washington on the road against the Giants. Uh, another. Wonderful game in week 18. Giants are plus seven here at home. 37 and a half is the total. Giants have lost five straights, all by 10 or more. I do not know how to describe what happened last week against the Bears. The Bears are not a good football team. They destroyed them. Destroyed them right away. Giants finished with negative 10 passing yards. with Four turnovers. They weren't even – it didn't even look like they were trying at some point. I don't know how they're going to run it back, but apparently they're going to run back Joe Judge. They're going to run back David Gettleman. And I don't like the Giants, but I feel bad for any Giants fans because that that's brutal. Uh, good news is they have the Bears' first-round pick, so maybe they can do something at the quarterback position. I don't know. They have needs all over the roster, um, though this is probably another stay away for me. How about you?
1: Yeah, I, I thought that uh, I thought Gettleman was done, but that they were going to let Joe Judge stay on and help guide their GM search. That's what I heard. Okay. Um, which is equally as much of a disaster. They got to do um, something. They got to make a change with one of the two. I mean, all of them need to be gone. Like we've talked about this from day one. Like Joe Judge was a special teams coach, and like has done nothing but be bad. I mean, like he's done nothing but be bad. And like, like you said last week, they gave, they threw the ball eleven times in a game that they lost by thirty. Uh, <laughs> I I don't even know how that's possible. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I think that he's a he's a dolt, uh, and I think. Like, I, I just don't understand it at all. So I think that in this one, um, seven points. So, I mean, Washington has also looked pretty dreadful. But at the same time, like, I mean, Washington is seven-point favorites on the road. I mean, that's that's saying a lot. Like, this Giants team is really, really bad. But, I mean, it's seven points on the road in a game that doesn't even matter for them. So yeah. Well,
0: they had a chance last week. I mean, they were in it. They got up early. They scored in their first four drives against the Eagles. They yeah. just stalled out in the second half. But, like. I don't know. In that instance, they were still technically fighting for a playoff spot. So that is a little different this week compared to last week. But yeah, I don't don't know. It's rough overall Uh, getting rid of the GM and keeping the coach. Like that works all the time. Like every GM wants to keep the coach that they acquired. Like, I mean, why not just pull the bandaid off, get, you know, start right. You know, you can, for all you want to say about like uh, Kyle Shanahan and some of his ups and downs, at least that's like a, that's a partnership, right? Like they came Mm -hmm. in together, we're going to do this together. This is my coach. Like these things are like when they're done that way, I think you just have a better chance of, of having success. Otherwise you're just stalling out the first year of the new GM. Like, I yeah. Just
1: don't... I mean, it was basically, uh, didn't pace, keep John Fox on for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, that was just like, like what a waste of time.
0: Yeah. It happens all the time. There's very rarely is that like, it's just the quickest way to be on the hot seat where it's like, well, you know, the, Wade will come out in the media. It's like, well, that's that wasn't his coach anyway. You know, things aren't going well, so he's going to want to hand select his own guy. And I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just puts you in in the cycle for like another year. You're just going to be in the same spot next year when you get off to a three and seven start. It's going to be like, well, why didn't we pull the string last year? Now we got to find out who you know who we're going after. It's just a. It's a mess. This is not a game that I want to bet on. Uh, I mean, there are a number of those on the slate. Um, again, we don't have to necessarily question motivation here. It's just it's a couple of bad football teams. Theoretically, we should probably want to take the Giants. Uh, two bad teams. We're going to take the team getting seven at home. But they have just been abysmal. And what we saw last week in Chicago is impossible, in my opinion, to comfortably lay the points there on the Giants. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, we have Indy on the road against jacksonville jacksonville is a 15 point home dog uh 44 points are the total here colts are in with a win so we know that they need this one um but they've shown that they can lose these games they actually lost this game last year in you know we had high expectations for the colts last year they lost week one in jacksonville was the only win for the season for the jags but again even last week losing at home in that situation to a Raiders team who has been like stubbing their dick in the drawer for like a month and a half. Like they've been awful. Like we've been like shorting their team total. They've been awful and they can't get it done. Uh, it's not a, I don't know. I think our initial instincts on shorting the Colts, I think are the right lean, even though they kind of got hot here by riding Jonathan Taylor. Uh, that's a, that's a bad, bad, bad loss. So um, Jacksonville technically needs to lose too. But again, uh, you know, they keep the number one pick if they lose here. But 15 points is a lot. They should be able to have their way here. What do you think?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, they it's it, winning in for Indy um, against one of the worst teams in the league. So uh, they're going to get it done. It's just a question of 15 points or not. Uh, because a team like Kansas City, I feel like, has the capability to kind of score whenever. Like, you know, if they're, on their, if they're in their a-, a game, they're bringing their A game, like there's no question that they can score as much, like quickly and as much as possible. The Colts, however, like – I'm not as confident as you mentioned. Like, I'm just not confident. Their offense doesn't work like that. It's a lot of, you know, short passes from Carson Wentz and runs from Jonathan Taylor and more runs from Jonathan Taylor. I mean, that's yeah. literally – you know, they they methodically move downfield until Jonathan Taylor breaks a big gain or, you know, something like that. So, yeah, I'm not as I'm not as excited to lay the 15 with the Colts. I do think that that's probably the right side, though. Um, Jack's team total under is interesting, but a 14 and a half, like – I mean, they've been – they've been flirting with that number pretty often. Um I mean, it's not like that unheard of, but I mean, in a win must win spot here for the Colts, like their defense is going to be very, very, very motivated to shut down a team, which I mean, like you said, does, doesn't really seem to care. And has basically no weapons for Trevor Lawrence. And, you know, it's probably kind of checked out at this point. Um So I think I would lean under on their team total as well.
0: Yeah. I took a jet. I took a uh, Lawrence under passing yards. Uh Prop stars uh had me up with that one last week. And by the time it was, Good to post. Like, I had moved a lot, so I didn't post it as a play, but that Mm -hmm. cashed nicely. Like, Pat scored 50 points on Jacksonville last week. (laughs) Like, and, you know, I know that I think New England's offense is better than you think they are, but, like, 50 points. Like, that's not a 50-point offense. That's how much this Jacksonville team is already thinking about Aruba and Jamaica (laughs) and who I want to take it. Like, they're, they're they're already in the Kokomo. They are done thinking about football. And uh, yeah, I I don't know. It's 15 seems like a lot, but it definitely feels like probably Colts or nothing here, considering how the Jags have, have showed up or not showed up in the last month or so. All right. Next Pittsburgh on the road in Baltimore, Baltimore, five point favorites. 42 is the total. Uh, Technically both teams are still alive for a playoff berth here. They need a ton of help. Um, So it's likely curtains for both. I don't want to even really spend a ton of time speculating on, how they could get in. I mean, it it involves Jacksonville beating the Colts. So that kind of crosses that off here. Um, I guess not shocking at the end of the day, the Ravens could not survive losing all of their good defensive players and their quarterback down the stretch. They have lost five straights. They really actually should have beat the Rams last week. They had control of that game, but could not do so. The big Ben farewell tour concluded last week in uh, Pittsburgh. That was really hard football to watch. Um, to drop back that many times. I believe that is the most dropbacks, backs, uh, the fewest yards for that many dropbacks in like the history of the game, which is, so that's one way to go out. Uh, what are your thoughts here?
1: Yeah. Pretty, pretty wild. Um, yeah. So here's the I, I, I
0: want to get context from you. I was thinking about this. So yeah. Um, big Ben, like, cause you're, we have a significant age difference. Um, yeah. And big Ben has, maybe been one of the guys he's hung around a little bit longer than he should have. Um But like when you think of big Ben, say five years from now, like do you have good big Ben memories? Do you remember like big
1: Ben being? Um, I mean, I kind of remember him in the same, I guess similar light as I remember like drew Brees, kind of like, it's like that, like kind of like, like worse, but like, you know, kind of like in the same like realm where like he was like that, like, Constantly, like I felt like in for a while, like that, like a five, top five to ten quarterback for like almost his entire career, yeah. and was always like tough, you know, would throw the ball as much as he wanted, basically, and had a strong arm and would play through anything, and basically that was, I mean, the extent of my, my opinion on him outside of those few years where he was just like, I mean, demolishing it, like you know, with with Antonio Brown and oh yeah, you know, Martavis Bryant, what could have been, you know. um and Le'Veon Bell like you know the killer bees that was mm-hmm. uh I mean that was awesome so yeah I don't know I mean I think that like in my mind like I do have some fond memories of the Steelers being great but at the same time like I feel like there was too many years where I was just like meh you know like they'd show for up sure. for games but they would lose so many random bad games like now they're way past that I mean like Big Ben's dead so, like you know Every game they win feels like a miracle, it seems like at this point. Sure.
0: Yeah, he's, he's, uh, it's rough to watch. Yeah, I was just curious about that because it's like, I hate the Steelers. You know, the Patriots and Steelers were always playing in meaningful playoff games or, yeah, there's some great AFC
1: playoff games between. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've always just joked that, like, that's Foxborough West because Pats would go there all the time and win. Um, but they were always like, you know, highly contested games and there was a game that you weren't necessarily looking forward to playing, but, um, you know Brady has a great record historically uh in that stadium but uh yeah, I mean the dude would like his pump fake was massive, like he just pump fake shake dudes off of him like he could run a little bit early in his career you know they had some teams like that first Super Bowl he got carried essentially the defense was fantastic, and they just ran the ball a ton but yeah, I was just curious what your historical perspective is is this guy is going out as a complete dust ball um, yeah. and there'll be a generation of fans that kind of remember the last couple years of being below average to, like, this year being just treacherous. But, like, there was some nice stuff that made him who he was for a number of years. But no, so- I, And he
1: was awesome. I mean, you like, saw the same thing having to Pate Manning, and I don't think anyone remembers that, like, that year, which was, I mean, God. Like, I, I remember that awful. year very vividly, but he was terrible. He was yeah. worse than Big Ben is now by a lot. Um And, I mean, even, like, you know, Drew Brees didn't really look good in his career. Like, all of them kind of faced that cliff, and they hit that cliff pretty hard. Big Ben's hitting it, but still trying to throw the ball sixty times in a game. So yeah,
0: well they can run. They have a, their offensive line is crap. So they actually did a yeah. pretty well last game. So be interesting to see what they do here. But like you would think, this is a spot where because both teams technically aren't eliminated, uh, and it is a division rivalry. I'd imagine that we see the best of both of these teams. So it is one of the games on the slate that I want to dig in a little bit more in the coming days because you know where this game is going to be played in the early window on Sunday. They think that they have a chance. Lamar apparently is going to play. Is he? They say he's trending back. So again, it's Wednesday as we record. So I don't know that he's going to play, but they're it's seeming that he's likely to play based on reports. So that makes it a little interesting. This Ravens secondary is abysmal, but again, like you just can't win with volume. They haven't shown the Steelers haven't shown any ceiling with uh, the passing game of late. So this one I want to take a closer look at because if Lamar is back. Be Interesting to see what happens here because again, we have pretty much an understanding that we're going to get 100% of who these teams are, uh, and that is kind of rare on a week 18 slate for sure. So, all right, uh, next Tennessee on the road in Houston. Houston is a 10 and a half point dog, 43 is the total here. It is absolutely stunning that we are here, but the Titans are a win away from clinching the top spot in the AFC the coveted home field advantage and buy that comes along with it. All they need to do is beat the Texans, a team that absolutely whooped them in Tennessee a couple weeks ago. Uh, It was a weird monsoon game, but it happened. Uh, It was raining when the Texans had the ball too, so we can't pretend that it was just Tennessee that was affected here. I guess that is kind of why it's really difficult to buy into this Titans team who we haven't really bought into. They have some incredible wins on their schedule. They are in this spot because they – Mashed the chiefs early this year they lost eric henry in that next week they took care of the rams who were on fire at the time and we thought that that was going to be happening um it's it's wild i don't know what to do here um again they have lost this game what are your thoughts here titans or texans
1: yeah i think that you know we talk about my football football memory i think that the titans if they win which they probably will are the worst number one seed in my lifetime like not even close um like yeah not not even close i can't i can't even think of a team that's like like they belong they deserve to be like either you know a division winner or like a good wild card team in my opinion like that's where i would have them slotted if we were like just picking like power rankings basically um right there i, I mean yeah i mean that's kind of where i had them i guess getting derrick henry back is good um he was just activated and he looked good in practice you know we watched some uh so there were some, fil- some clips of the training practice. You know, he's got people going on Twitter. Um, Here's the thing, though. Like, I'm but... Derek Henry, dude, and I'm with you. But if you look at – like, if you want to get, again,
0: small sample, if we want to get into it a little bit, they averaged more yards per game and more yards per carry without Derek Henry the last few games. Like, the running game has still been popping. Like, Deontay Foreman was balled out last week. He's been pretty good. Like, even when he's gone out, you've seen – jeremy mcnichols play well but i i agree that derrick henry is a dude that makes a difference but like the putting him back into the lineup i mean it probably helps their play action game i guess just the fear of derrick henry is going to make teams want to respect the run a little bit more but like they've actually really dipped from a play action standpoint so maybe they get back to that and maybe there's something there but i don't, I don't know man like i don't understand this team doesn't scare me at all if i'm an afc team or i'm a fan of an afc team I know that they can go and beat anybody because they kind of have, but like, how can you not want to face the Titans? I'm really, it's bizarre.
1: Yeah, no, I don't get it. Also, I think you brought up a good point too. Like they already lost this game at home. I mean, like that's, that's scary. That's a red flag for me. Um, So, but again, like you win, you're the number one seed. The Texans are still terrible. Um, so yeah, I I think the Titans get it done, but at the same time, like there's certainly more paths to a loss here as a ten point favorite than I would normally feel comfortable with betting a ten point favorite.
0: For sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know that I'm there yet, but I got to be honest. Like the Texans ten and a half is a little interesting. Like the hook is a little is a little appealing to me. So we'll see. Um, I don't know if I have the stones, and I don't know if we'll need to. If we get some good prop action, I won't bother yeah. with it. But, um. Yeah, we'll see. They've been feisty at home. They almost beat New England at home. Um, you know, they put up some good fights. They've, they, you know, they knocked off the Chargers at home a couple weeks ago. Like, you know, this is they've been. This is one of those teams where week eighteen doesn't matter because this team has been playing out the, the string since September. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, it's no different from the Texans. They're just closer to Aruba than they were last. Just week. Just another week. <laughs> yeah, it's just another week.
1: So, I mean, yeah, since since the bye, Titans, our Texans are three and four. Like, you
0: know, they, got, they suck last week, but three and four, like
1: what are the Titans are bet. five
0: and three without Derrick Henry. So we're not talking about like drastically different things.
1: So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's certainly possible. You said it. This is one of those spots, like, you,
0: you know, don't take the team that needs to win just because they need to win. Like there are some spots where we're going to be surprised on Sunday and yeah, I don't know. David Coley got a you know, stamp of endorsements. He's going to be back <laughs> next year. So uh, I'll be just gonna he see won happens. four
1: games with this roster. I mean, I think that's a miracle. It's actually a good point.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, next, New Orleans in Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta is a four and a half point dog at home. 40 is the total. I think there's some 39 and a half too. That's moving a little bit. Uh, Saints are in a great spot here. They do not control their own destiny, but they are in with the win and a Niners loss against the Rams, which is obviously imp- uh, entirely possible. Um Though the Saints lost this game as well at home early in the season. It's one of the times that I bought in on the Saints a little bit and thought, okay, the Falcons are terrible. Uh, coming off of a bye, the Saints should be good at home. And then the Falcons go in there and hang like 29 points against this defense. The only redeeming thing that the Saints have is their defense. And the Falcons put up a bunch of points on them. So who knows? Um, I don't know. I, I I'd like to see just bias. I think the Niners are like a legit team and they could make some noise in the playoffs and much rather see them in the playoffs than the saints. Like I think every other team in the NFC would rather see the saints in there, except maybe the bucks. Cause the saints seem to have the bucks number, but like, I don't know. Any thoughts here on uh saints Falcons four and a half.
1: It's, it's tough because the saints, like, you know, they've been playing better a little bit as of late, but you know, their, their last few wins have been over the jets the Bucks. I mean, the Dolphins, they had Ian bucks so I mean, you can't really count that. And then the Panthers. So, you know, in the Bucs game, it's just like one of those teams that they have their number on. I mean, they shut out Tom Brady and the Bucs, which is pretty incredible. Um, but, like, I think that their defense is still good. It's just that, like, I'm not sure how much I trust their offense. The Falcons, like you mentioned, you know, randomly played their best game of the season. That was also a game without Calvin, really. It was, I like, guess, his first week out. And the Matt Ryan, like, posted, like, you know, season highs at the time of, like, passing yards against the Saints defense, which at the time was, like, top five in every defensive metric. So I still do think they're good, but, I mean, maybe it's just one of those things that they have their number, you know, kind of like the Saints do for the Bucks, at least, it seems. So uh, for me, again, it's, it's probably a stay away here, maybe some props. I think Taysom Hill props actually just dropped right now, but um, they're they're getting about right. I think they're accurate now. It's like 10 and a half rush attempts. Uh, so, you know, probably a stay away. He's probably going to end up right around there.
0: Yeah, I just don't know. I mean, I guess it's kind of been this way for the most of the season since Calvin Ridley went out. Like I just don't see the ceiling offensively for the Falcons. Kyle Pitts might not be involved here. He's got a little bit of a hamstring he left early in the Buffalo game and I think he hasn't practiced this week and you know probably shut down again. They're eliminated. Somehow they were you know live going into that game against Buffalo to make the playoffs, so uh, they are now dead. So maybe they they mail it in a little bit. But again, these are like They structure this on purpose. These are all divisional games. So, like, I think these teams are often incentivized to, like, give it their best in a lot of instances where the Falcons don't want the Saints going to the playoffs necessarily. Like, they would love to knock them out and, like, you know, stick that to them, sweep them on the season and, you know, move forward. This is a a new coaching staff. I think you can go into the offseason. Again, if you want to just tell yourself some narratives, you know, you go in the offseason with some positive momentum. You know, you own the Saints last year. I don't know. Uh, again, there'll probably be enough action on the board where we could stay away mm-hmm. um, yeah. and get involved in a maybe a meaningless game. And this is another one of those. We have Cincinnati on the road in Cleveland. You touched on this earlier. This is moved now. We have Cleveland minus 6. 38 is the total. Early in the week, we had questions around motivation. We had questions around playing time. Some of those questions were answered earlier today. No Burrow, no Mixon, no Baker, no bets on this for me. What are your thoughts?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I took, I mean, I put like a unit on, on, uh, Brown's plus one Oh five when the borough news dropped. Um, you
0: betting sides on a Wednesday.
1: I know. Well, you know what, this is actually a rare time where I, and actually just in general, I think it's a good time to unload the clip on some of these, you know, just like, Mm -hmm. um, just be able to, you know, take advantage of like getting a massive, massive edge on closing lines. Like, you know, I always give you shit for closing line value. Um, but, you know, oftentimes – okay, not oftentimes. Plenty of times you're getting, like, you know, two, three points. Maybe you go through a key number. But, like, this just moves seven points, seven mm-hmm. and a half points. So, like, that's something that I feel pretty good about. Um, and I obviously I feel good about your closing line value of, you know, a couple points because that's good. It's just that, you know, you have to be doing it every week, like all the time to really see the expected value, like, pan out over the season. Correct. So, like, you know – if I miss a couple of weeks, you know, cause I'm, you know, not always in tune, you know, every week uh, then, you know, I might just be even on the year. So I don't yeah. know. That's no, kind a good of my point. take. Uh, no,
0: it's a good point. You're, it's a math, like the closing line game is kind of like a,
1: it's a long-term stretch. It's a
0: long-term math game, right? We are just trying to like beat the number over a stretch of time. I'm always trying to beat it around key numbers. Mostly like I'm, that's really when I'm playing stuff early, I think it's going to move a significant amount, even though it might only be a a point and a half or two points, it's going to be a key number. But yeah, this is an instance where I think you were sharp getting in on it. You caught it as the news was breaking and it's kind of where I was at last week with the Raiders move Raiders on the (laughs) road.
1: Never in doubt, by the way, Um, (laughs) (laughs) even though I bought out of it. Um, Oh man. I I feel like I might've had like talked to you out of that. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. No,
0: I was, once I saw that it was going back and it was going to go past seven and it did It, It closed to like eight and a half. Um, so, like, I got a seven. I, I felt good and I was I was fine. But um, even if you don't necessarily have conviction in the Browns here, you knew you were going to be gaining seven points, six points of closing mm-hmm. line value. You almost have to just, from a pure math standpoint, take advantage of, of what's here. So, uh, again, it's very similar to the point that you made with me last week against the Raiders. Do you still like the Browns here? Probably not. Like, you probably <laughs> no. still, you know. No, no, I don't. But again, you kind of sometimes just have to to play the game. The reason that was different last week is because the play was all based and contingent on Carson Wentz being out. And then we knew pretty quickly, shortly after, he was not going to be out. So, yeah, I mean, that was such a bad beat, sense. though. That was such
1: a bad beat. Like, I mean, there's like a couple, like the NFL changed the rule a couple hours after you made yeah. that bet. So, like, I mean, there's no way you could have known. Like, at the time, it was definitely a very, very sharp bet. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's yeah.
0: worked. I've been catching L's all December. There's a, I smell, I smell December with an L. So I was ready to turn the, the, uh, <laughs> calendar to, to January here. We can, oh, man. we can, we can move forward with those. But
1: so. yeah, I mean, it makes sense. So since he, I, I think since he's going to rest all their starters probably, or at least most of their important, much as they here. can for sure. Yeah. Um, because I mean, they need, they, I, they looked at it. They would have need Tennessee, Kansas city, and New England to lose in order to be the top seed. So, I mean, that's not happening. I mean, like the, maybe one of them loses, maybe two of them loses, but there's no way in hell all three of them loses. So, yeah. you know, especially with Burrow a little bit banged up, like it, it only made sense to kind of rest them and, you know, you know, do, the, do their own thing here. And the Browns, I think, are probably just going to, you know, feed, feed their running backs and probably have plenty of success against the Bengals here.
0: Yeah, hard to get any action on this if you didn't get in early when Connor did. So, all right, next, Green Bay. On the road in Detroit. Detroit is a four-point dog at home. A lot of home dogs this week. 44 is the total. Packers are – it's been impressive. I mean, considering we were really concerned about all the Aaron Rodgers stuff in the offseason to the point where I, like, I got Packers to win the division at plus 175, like, gosh, that feels like that should have been more Insane. than a two-unit play. Like, that should have been mm-hmm. massive because, again, we were you know catching that at the end of the Rodgers news. But they have now won 13 or more, three straight years. They are again the top seed in the NFC. Uh, Aaron Rodgers looking like a possible back-to-back MVP winner, and again they had massive injuries. Jair Alexander going down early. We have not got a snap from David Bakhtiari, who's one of the best left tackles in the game. He should be back for the playoffs. Uh, Alexander coming back too. Like so, there's a real chance that the Packers are kind of going into the playoffs fairly healthy and actually getting reinforcements from guys that have missed a ton of time. So, I. Uh, Impressive. So uh, I don't know what to do with this though, because we have a spot where knowing that they likely bench guys, I'd be shocked if we see a snap from Rogers, but like Devonte Adams was talking today. Like he thinks he's playing. He's asked for them to like communicate around playing time. Cause he wants to be <laughs> properly motivated. Yeah. I-, I can't imagine. We see a ton of Devonte Adams or Rogers or a lot of their starters. But again, that doesn't mean that they can't go into Detroit and beat Tim Boyle who's likely starting here again uh, in Detroit. And again, Detroit's another one of those teams where we've seen late in the season, they're playing up the string. They will... They're they're trying to win football games. They've been trying to win football games all year. This is not the Dan Campbell way. There is no tank in his body. Um, I, I don't know. They Either way, though, they can't even tank to lose anything. They are locked in to the two seed unless Jacksonville wins, and then they get the one seed with a loss. So like they can't even necessarily you know, tank their way out of anything. So, uh, green Bay, Detroit plus four, what do you think?
1: Yeah. I think that this is actually a situation we just talked about how, like you should react quickly to like things like if, even if the Packers say they're resting all their starters, I'm not betting on the Lions here. Right. Um, because I don't think they're good enough. I mean, yeah, I just don't think they're good enough. I mean, maybe this becomes like uh, a pick or like, you know, minus three, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I mean, what would you put it? Probably a pick like, and, I mean, Max Lions minus three. I mean, that's like. I can't even imagine Lions minus I mean, three. That's, yeah. Because I'm not really sure what this. I thought that from what I heard that Rodgers is going to play like a tiny bit. Like maybe I think Max, he plays like a couple of drives, just kind of make sure that he doesn't get rusty, basically. Pack um, minus two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, for me, it's no. I heard an interesting take that, you know, people taking, um, if Rodgers plays, like taking like Packers first quarter and then like, lions to win the game or something like that uh but you know uh I mean that would be that's still a lot I mean it was like plus 700 something like that like like, you know Packers first half Lions second half something like that Lions to win so I don't know interesting Interesting way to look at it if that happens maybe it's worth a sprinkle I don't know if you really want to bet on a game like this but I can't imagine I'm gonna be too thrilled about you know watching and sweating Jordan Love and Tim Boyle
0: not of interest to me personally so this is another yeah. one of the spots where it's an easy cross off because there are too many variables and again i don't know what green bay's backups i think are probably capable of still going in here and, and getting a win like you only have so many bodies like you know unless you just especially if you are going to get cute and do a little bit of rogers like again that's another body that you you know can't deactivate and start someone else from the practice squad so like mm-hmm. you, at a certain point you can't use just backups you have to use guys that are actual starters for you so uh, not everyone gets the week 18 treatments uh, and gets the week off so green bay still might be good enough regardless of uh who's under center all right next uh the jets are on the road in buffalo buffalo a 17 point favorite here 41 points is the total bills need a win here to secure the afc east crown and to host the playoff game next week so we can expect a Full effort here, at least in the first half. Um, yeah, the Jets team total of 12 points is possibly generous, even. I don't know. I mean, they're they're not very good. Um, and, again, if you consider that they have no offensive weapons, that was – I mean, last week was the Braxton Berrios show. Um, they really have nothing to write home about here. So, again, the, this is another scenario where, yes, Buffalo – Needs to win, but they can get up into a spot and then in the second half easily throw in Mitch Trubisky and some of the backups and still cruise. Do they cruise by 17 though? That's a little harder pill to swallow. But uh, any thoughts here?
1: Yeah, I think you could tease him down to like 10, and I'd feel pretty good about it. Um, yeah. but at the same time, you brought up a good point. So, uh, also, I mean, Zach Wilson actually played pretty well uh last week against the Bucks, like he frustratingly. He- yeah, like I mean, sucks. He busted my under. He was playing good. Like he was, you know him and Braxton Berrios, they got that bond, apparently. So uh yeah. yeah. Breakfast so, bond. Yeah, exactly. Um but I got twelve points. Like I mean either they scored seventeen against the Bucks or against the uh Bills last time. I believe that Mike White was playing in that game, if I remember correctly. Um so yeah, I, I think for me it's just probably stay away. Again, it's just one of those things where maybe some some passing game unders for the Jets, I think, are in play. But we get worried that, like, the Bills are going to be resting half their starters defensively, you know, in the second half. Like, I mean, I'm sure Zach Wilson's been playing better. He can probably get there. So it's kind of tough. I think the, these are the kind of games where it's really tough to handicap because the Bills, I mean, last – again, last year against the Dolphins, like they didn't really need to play. They still played Josh Allen for, you know, a half. But here now they, they need to win. So they're going to be, you know, I mean – Turn on the Jets. So that's a good away. point. Yeah, we
0: have an instance of this where they didn't necessarily need to win, and they went out and just blew the doors off of it. That was a little different because I think that's almost like the Falcons Saints game, where it was like, "Yeah, we don't need to win, but we keep you out of the playoffs."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We're the lone AFC East team in the playoffs. If we knock you out here, and they took care of business, where you know the Jets aren't uh, a threat, and they aren't close to sniffing the playoffs in the next couple of years either. So yeah, um, yeah, we'll we'll see. <laughs> All right, next, we have New England on the road, coming for full circle. I <laughs> love it. Uh, <laughs> New England in Miami. Miami is a 6.5-point underdog. 40 is the total here. Um, Patriots set to return the playoffs. The Dolphins are playing out the stretch, just like we thought would happen come Week 18, Connor. Um, my whole argument in the preseason was predicated on, I thought the Patriots were a playoff team. I thought Miami was not. And I let myself get suckered into this week one bet, which Damian <laughs> Harris cost me by fumbling late in that game. Damian Harris costing me money all <laughs> over the place. And again, last week in a similar spot, when we need the Dolphins the most, thousands of dollars at stake in the FFPC <sighs> main events. Connor, your Dolphins didn't even show up. Um week.
1: I kept I was watching and it was so sad. You know, my my sweet prince, Jalen Waddle, was nowhere to be found. Um, you know, Tua Tungavailoa looked like he, you know, was not even NFL quarterback at times. Mm-hmm. I mean it was it was sad to say the least because our our you know half a million dollar hoax relied on a probably hundred point outing combined between the two. Uh and they fell a little bit short of that. Uh so I mean, yeah. So also, also, by the way, you still owe me, uh, the dinner and golf.
0: When I was prepping for this, I realized that I still owe you dinner and golf for
1: this. I kind of almost forgot. So I appreciate you reminding me. Um, but I think that, yeah, I think normally New England plays normally here. Miami's eliminated. Um, there isn't much for them to get up, but you know what? I'm still going to be backing my dolphins here. 16 and a half team total. I like the over. I think that they're going to be, they got to get back on track here. Um, and I mean, that's, that's the basic handicap there is that they played so bad last week that I think that they're in a good spot to bounce back here.
0: Over on the Dolphins team total is if you're a brave man, you are going down with the ship um, after what we saw last week for, for them. Uh, By the dip, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Bills are going to destroy the Jets. So this is pretty meaningless for the Patriots. So I'll be interested to see what happens. I I don't know. Um We've seen a mixed bag over the years where the Pats have been in the spot. A lot of times, though, they were just – this was around having a bye because they were, like, auto-locked for a bye for, you know, 15 years. And we don't have a lot of precedents where they are going to play in the first round of the playoffs. They don't typically play in the first round of the playoffs. It's either miss the playoffs last year or buy. bye. So we'll see. I mean, I think, again, there's a little bit of, like, you know, they got, they got them early in the season. You know, Flores coaching that staff. I think Belichick likes to beat those guys or at least kind of put them in their place a little bit. So I imagine you see a majority of the Pats, at least for the most of the game. So um, if not, then probably the right side is probably Miami if the Pats are resting guys. But again, not a game that I have any interest in, though. I will be cheering for uh, 16 points for the Dolphins. (laughs) All right. Next, uh, Carolina on the road in Tampa. Tampa is an eight point favorite here. 41 and a half is the total. Surprisingly, the Bucks needed some late Tom Brady heroics last week to hold off the Jets, and um, and they got it because he's the frigging ghost. Um, and all things aside, like that, you know, that drama was not as talked about as the off the field drama with the Antonio Brown stuff, which was just insane to see live. Like when you don't even like what is what is happening here. Um, I don't even know, but like really, if you, you know, we start to get into like how it impacts them on the field. This is a problem considering Chris Godwin's out. Um, they were super healthy last year. I think that was really a massive part of their success. Is mm-hmm. that they really outside of like Vita Vea, who missed a little part of November and then uh, you know some of the stretch there in December before the playoffs. Like this team was super healthy. Now we have Chris Godwin out. We have Antonio Brown quitting retiring we have you know lenny fournette out uh the secondary has been beat up all year this is a kind of a tough scene here for um the goats but uh what do you think about carolina and tampa here and uh what do you think about tampa moving forward
1: yeah that was a wild wild scene like it's i mean that was just insane like him running off the field without a shirt on like kind of like i don't know like cheering to the crowd i guess or like trying to like you know get him riled up i was just very very strange um and then my first thought was like, doesn't this guy like live in Tom Brady's house? Or like, you know, like didn't he for a while? I'm like, how does that work now? You know what I mean? Like, wh- I, well, what, so I
0: think he stayed there temporarily when he was when he place? Was, that was when he was with New England. So over a couple of years removed. I don't think he's yeah. Been but living, like, he might still live
1: in his house. You never know. <laughs> he
0: might. <laughs> he might. You know. And, um, again, I am. You know, I will give you the caveat, and I will own it. I. Will not speak ill of Tom Brady. I am going to lean to be pro Tom Brady regardless. I thought Tom Brady handled it really – it was really impressive after the game, how he handled it, I thought, where he was asked about it. Um, I think a very standard Tom Brady answer could have been avoiding it and saying, I want to talk about the game. Can we talk about the guys that are in the locker room? But he did kind of address it and acknowledge, like, you know, let's just – guys got a lot going on that we maybe don't know about let's you know be aware of someone's situation i thought it was pretty good like this shows i think kind of the dude that he is which i was impressed by um did not make me less of a tom brady fan but uh definitely sucks considering how much of a competitor he is and how much this really impacts them as a football team because ap has been good he's been good oh, on the really field good. so like this that hurts them so i don't know that it hurts them against the, the panthers but I think it hurts them in the playoffs. And I think instead of being
1: really one of those
0: teams that can go anywhere and win, they're pretty limited now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I'm not saying that Brady's like a sum of his parts quarterback, but we saw in New England that, you know, he was I mean, like he looked like dead, you know, his final year of New England because he's throwing to nobody. And now sure. he's I mean, they're pretty close. You know, they're winding down to, you know, half of a Mike Evans, uh Gronk, who actually looks pretty good, but like, I mean, looking at like Tyler Johnson. I didn't even know some of the guys that refused to throwing touchdowns to last week. Um, Cyril Grayson, who's had yeah, Cyril back, Grayson. Back to
0: back big weeks. I mean, Grayson had that big touchdown.
1: And, yeah. And maybe those guys are good enough that they're better than, you know, whoever he was throwing to his final year in New England. Um, but I don't know. It just seems like the floor is a lot, a lot lower against good defensive teams than it is with, you know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and A B. Like that's I mean, one of the best wide receiving boards in the league
0: yeah for sure and then Lenny I mean to be honest I mean Leonard Fournette was second in targets on the team um Rojo can't catch a cold and now he's in a walking boot like I you know so be interested to see what happens there this week with like we could have a ton of Le'Veon Bell this week
1: oh my god
0: because you have Keyshawn Vaughn's dinged up I think he's got a concussion Rojo in a walking boot like they just signed Le'Veon like it could be we could be betting Le'Veon props this week Connor
1: yeah. uh yeah maybe some unders I don't know maybe over on catches he'll catch like Seven passes for five yards.
0: Oh, yeah. I meant unders. But what I'm yeah. saying, we might be betting on on props because he's going <laughs>
1: to be on the board where he's never
0: typically on the board. So Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. Tough scene for the Bucks. uh Tough road ahead. Uh, next one's going to be a good one. San Francisco is on the road in L.A. against the Rams. Rams are five-point favorites at home. We have a total of 44.5. Um, Rams not only win the division with a win here, but they also probably or possibly eliminate the Niners here. And a team that has had their number often – in this McVay Shanahan era Uh, Niners still get in with a Saints loss, which we talked about earlier is very viable against the Falcons. Um, But I imagine they want to take care of business here. We have Jimmy G probably coming back. Apparently he was close last week. All that's going on with his thumb, uh, but all reports indicate that he is going to be good to go for this one. And again, I mentioned earlier, like Baltimore should have won that game last week. Stafford is still, we have, He's been not good. I mean, six of the last eight weeks, negative EPA per play, um, turning it over often. You know, again, a lot of Cooper Cup. We'll see Cooper Cup going for the record here. You know, we start to see a little bit of uh, Odell Beckham playing some good football. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know. This is going to be a good football game. And the Niners have had their number, and I think the Niners are very much live here. Uh, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I, I kind of think so, too. I, I think that, I mean, there's tons of motivation for both sides here. Both teams looking to fight for their playoff hopes, you know, and like or just seeding in general. For the Rams um but I don't know I think that here I think the Niners are alive I'd probably play them at like up to plus three and a half is what I consider totally um, plus four um and then we also took a position on Elijah Mitchell over 65 and a half rushing yards I mean he's basically been when he's been healthy even when he's not really been healthy he's been like the workhorse so um you know they have the the Rams have a good rush defense but at the same time if he's getting like 18 19 carries I mean he'll end up with like 70 yards 80 yards so
0: yep yeah, I like uh, Niners. I think Niners on the money line might be interesting here too. Um, yeah, I just think that they are probably pretty close as far as how they're, you know, again, when they're full strength, and these football teams are pretty close. Now we're getting five, and we look historically. I mean, I don't know how much you want to put weight into historical matchups like this, especially coach versus coach, but, like, we've seen it. I mean, the, the Niners, you know, early in the year when they weren't really rolling like they have been of late, uh, you know, took care of the Rams earlier. So yeah, I think mean, that that's probably the lean. I also think it's wild that we're going to have cam makers active for this game. Um,
1: mm-hmm. like, he could be I mean, the first like post Achilles. It was Achilles, right? Post Achilles, like success props story
0: props to science. I mean, again, this will be the second time I'm going to date myself in the show. When, when I was growing up, Achilles was done. So like you are out, you might be able to come back in your career, but it's like a year and a half and you are a shell of yourself. we're going to get a dude that like blew his Achilles in in the summer. Like, and then is going to be back somehow playing running back. Like it's not that you don't need your Achilles to be fully active for anything, but like, I don't know, from a like stopping and cutting and acceleration standpoint, like you probably need.
1: I mean, it's one of the most explosive positions on the field, right? Like,
0: yeah, it's wild. It's, it's, it's insane. So, uh, really, really Cool. cool to see. And, um, good story for him but yeah i i just think that again having you know needing the rams team total last week i i bet them twice i bet them over 20 and a half um or i mean over 19 16 and a half and i bet them over 26 and a half which is their actual team total and i had to sweat out the 16 and a half and yeah. so like that was that was not where i thought i was going to be and um against the ravens who we have been like Joe Burrow through for 5 and a quarter of the week before so Again, that's not the Niners' strength per se, but I, I, feel, uh, I feel like the Niners are the side here. So, again, this is, these are the ones that we want to highlight this week because they, we know motivation clearly on both sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one matters comparatively here. We have the Seahawks in Arizona. Arizona six-and-a-half-point favorites with a 48-point total. The Cardinals are also cheering for the Niners because a Cardinals win and a Niners win makes the Cardinals your NFC West champs makes them host of a playoff game which is pretty massive huge win for them last week in Dallas they snapped a three-game losing streak secured a playoff berth um, and again now they still can wait and and, you know better their position if they win here and the Niners win so uh, again don't want to bury the lead here this is Rashad Penny time Um, any thoughts here on uh, Seattle and Arizona
1: yeah I mean Rashad Penny forever now has a place in my heart Uh, but at the same time I do think that Carolina, or not Carolina, the Cardinals here at under seven points is very interesting. Um, you know, a game that they are very motivated to win and the Seahawks, you know, I mean, have questionable motivation, I say at best, and <laughs> will probably likely be, uh, you know, feeding Rashad Penny uh, and kind of just like rolling with the punches that way. So uh, I think that the Cardinals here will probably will look at under seven for me.
0: Yeah. Well, the Seahawks, again, they traded away their first round pick as part of the increasingly terrible Jamal Adams trade to the Jets. So they don't even benefit from losing this one. So this is another spot where, you know, Pete Carroll is more of the old school mindset anyway. So like, I can't imagine even in a scenario where they would have the first round pick where they would be tanking okay, it all, yeah. but they, they can't even benefit from it here. So again, I don't know that that impacts how this game is played. No one Arizona needs to win too. So we're not going to catch Arizona resting in Seattle going all out. But uh, yeah, just uh, interesting. I'm kind of with you six and a half. Um, there are some sevens. So if you're interested here, I think six and a half is probably something you're going to want to snatch up sooner than later. Total feels a bit high to me though, but I I don't know. Seattle's defense is so bad.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I think the only team that I've known to openly tank was the Eagles last year who inexplicably started or like threw in Nate Sudfeld in the fourth quarter um, to like, you know, get him some work or like kind of see what they had in him. But like they were winning, uh, prior to that and like we're playing fairly well and then like just kind of we're like, well, it's better for us to lose actually. And through Nate Sudfeld he was God awful predictably. And, you know, like, I mean, that's the only team where I thought it was like pretty blatant that they were like, hopefully he loses for us. You know, like, I think they're kind of like in a situation where either he plays really well and they're like, oh shit, we got a good guy or he sucks and they lose and they're like, okay, good. We got good draft capital. We can dump this guy and move on to the next one. You know, like that's kind of like, you know, yeah, parse the guy out a little bit and see what happens. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of a win win situation for them, to be honest. All
0: right. The last one is, uh, you know, the playoff game of the slate, theoretically. Yeah, we have the Chargers in Vegas against the Raiders. The Raiders are three point dogs at home. 49 and a half is the total. Uh, again, like there is, which I think is funny, there's a scenario where the, um, I think it's if Jacksonville wins, the, Like both these teams can literally just take a knee all game and they would both make it in the playoffs. Um, But again, like we probably don't think that's happening. So this will be a playoff game uh, with winner moving on and the loser going home, which is really shocking considering what these two teams were at different parts of the season. When you think of what's happened at times for the Raiders on and off the field, um, they have to be thrilled. If you would have said you get a meaningful week 18 game with a shot at the playoffs, if you win, they take it. And then we had the analytical darling of the Chargers and all the things that Brandon Staley was doing early in the season. And they get that win against the Chiefs and he's saying all the right things in the press conferences. And everyone wants to, you know, give them uh, easy seed and a uh, first round bye in the playoffs. And, you know, they've stumbled at times and they've had some issues. And again, it sometimes it's one of those things where you look at the roster and you look at some of the pieces and you're like, how does this not happen? And how is this an annual event mm-hmm. for Chargers fans where you have to sweat out uh, the last games of the season? So, uh, thoughts on this one?
1: Yeah, I, I still think that, like, I like the Chargers here. I mean, I, I think they we're still a little bit overreacting to, not overreacting, but I think the market's overreacting the last week against the Colts. Like, obviously they beat a good Colts team, but the reality is, is that, kind of looking at the Raiders performances since the buy and we, we've referenced this I mean I reference this almost every single week um you know since then but it's been you know they scored like 16 against the Giants 14 against the Chiefs 13 against the Raiders and they had you know their awesome game against the Cowboys but then they scored 15 against Washington 9 against the Chiefs you know like 16 points against the Browns you know like and then they scored whatever 17 against the Ra- against the Broncos like these are not like like they haven't been playing well, like really that well offensively. They've just been like grinding out some wins occasionally. So I think it's a Chargers team that, you know, has the potential. They have a lot of upside, I think, but they also have a, like a lower floor. But still, I think that Chargers, you know, coming off, you know, an interesting spot. I, I think that this is actually kind of a good spot for the Chargers here. As only three-point favorites, um, I lean towards them. as just what I view is the clearly superior team.
0: I think they are too, but I think everyone thinks that, and that's baked into the number. Yeah. which is why you're catching teams that are in the same division who have played similar schedules, have mm-hmm. similar records, and the home team is a three point dog. So like the market kind of agrees with you. This had moved to two and a half and I didn't think we were going to get back to three. So I'm, su- I'm surprised.
1: Yeah. Um, I really came. liked it at two and a half and that's what we had in our show notes originally, but at three, I mean, three, I still like it, but at two and a half, I really like it.
0: Yeah. It interesting to see if we get any movement and get back there. Um, Cause I, I could see some people with that similar logic being like, "Well, why are the Raiders dogs?" I mean, I yeah. maybe would have more interest in the Raiders at three and a half, um, but again, like I do also think that the Chargers are just the better team. I just don't think, don't think, because I kind of built it up at the beginning. I don't think the Raiders are a playoff team, and I do think that the Chargers
1: kind of are. So, like, um, Darren like Waller the, might be back,
0: which yeah, could that, help
1: them. Like the Chargers are like a team that can make, you know, be like a wild team that like makes a run in the playoffs. Totally agree. Yeah, like they could they could very easily beat – like they can beat anyone. I mean, They, they can really beat anybody. Can. Um, but they can also, <laughs> as we've seen, lose to anyone. Yeah. Um, which is actually kind of like they've been the Raiders MO over the last like, few years as well. Um, but I think the, the Chargers have a lot more upside than the, any of the Raiders teams have had.
0: Yeah, it's hard to argue against that. I mean, we've seen that literally this year. Chargers, early in the season, before we saw any chinks in the armor of the Chiefs, the Chargers win that game again, which they've won a couple of times in the last few years. You know, the Raiders, you lose to anybody. And then last week in a spot where everyone, they're buried, they can't get over, you know, 14 points a game for a month and a half. And then they go to Indian and win uh, in a spot where Indy needs to win. So yeah, range of outcomes here feels pretty massive. Uh, 49 and a half feels like too many points, but I I don't know which team total I like on the underside more again. There's because the chargers do have such a wide range of outcomes. It's hard to find a spot that I want to target. So maybe it's just a game total. Cause again, the Raiders themselves, like Raiders have been bad offensively. They just haven't had a ceiling like 23. Maybe that's the wrong side. I don't know. I have to look into this one a little bit more again, this one matters. So I'll probably get a little bit more into the weeds here on it in the next couple of days. So all right, my friend, week 18, that's it. This gets a lot easier for us for the next couple of weeks. We will continue on doing our thing uh, throughout the playoffs. We will continue props on the weekends, Fridays, Saturdays, depending on what's going on. I imagine for the playoffs, we start to get a pretty normal uh, delivery of props. We will definitely be in the Friday spot. I imagine we will be, uh, as of now, tentatively, we're set to be in the Friday spot again for this coming week. So, uh, we should be there, hopefully. Uh, but again, we will be here. We're going to hang out all the way through the Super Bowl. Super Bowl is fun. We'll have a prop show uh, the week before the Super Bowl as well, in that little bye week. And then our Super Bowl preview. Uh, we haven't locked up these guests yet, but they know who they are. They will be here for our Super Bowl show. We'll get you some things you have never heard before. Last year in the Super Bowl show, we were told that the Pringles commercial was going to happen before the Mayonnaise commercial. These are things you only get on move the line you're not not going to want to miss the super bowl show so uh nope. should be a good time as always so uh connor year four love doing it with you man appreciate it uh we yeah. are uh, across awesome. the, the playoffs let's do it so uh, for connor i'm ryan we will see you all on friday yeah. <laughs>